And I sense just a holy invitation today into what the Lord is inviting us into in the earth. I was reminded of Matthew 6, 22. It says, the eye is the window, is the lamp to the body. And if you are single in vision, your whole body will be full of light. If you are single in vision, your whole body will be full of light. And I feel like today there is an invitation for us just to fix our gaze, single, locked on, locked in, ahead. So that this body may be full of light. And then I sense the Father saying, Glory City Church, if you are single in vision, your whole body This body, this family will be full of light. (laughs) If you are single in vision, as a body, as a people, we make the decision. One gaze singly focused upon Jesus. As our pursuit, the one thing that we cherish. This body will be full of light. And then I sense the Lord say to the bride in this nation this afternoon. <laughs> Come on, you know where I'm going. If you are single in vision, your whole body will be full of light. If you are single in vision, your whole body will be full of light. And so we invite you, bride of Christ in this land into single focus today. Well, I thank You, Lord, that we are all members of one body. And we invite Your church into single devotion today. We invite Your bride into single devotion today. This one thing, Psalm 24, I've desired of the Lord, this is what I seek. Wow, like David that I may be found in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. Song of Solomon says that we've captured the heart, my beloved, my bride, the Lord says, with one glimpse of your eyes. And David says, but I long to gaze. What does it do to the heart of God when we set our gaze? When he's being captured by a glimpse. But we put our gaze on Him alone, the one we were made for, the one we've been created for. If you are single in vision, your whole body will be full of light. You are made for Him. You are made for love. And again, we say to the bride of Christ, come with me now. All of you come with me now. We say to the bride of Christ in this land, eyes up, single focus, gazing, gazing on the beauty of the Lord and seeking Him in His temple. A pure bride. Beloved bride, it's one thing that we cherish. (laughs) 
Because there's one thing that will remain. It's his love. So we set our eyes on love again today. We set our eyes on your face today. This one thing, this one thing, that's why we can sing all day long, worthy is your name, worthy is your name. Because as we gaze upon the one we are created for, the eyes of our heart, our understanding are enlightened and we see him clearly again and it causes our heart to worship. When we see him as he really is and our bodies are full of light and awakened by the splendour of holiness. And as we see him as he really is, who we really are is being revealed. I'm telling you, we are on the precipice. We are on the, I feel like it's an invitation. If we would position our hearts, it's available to everyone, to those who would surrender and find themselves positioned with one focus, gazing into the splendor of his face. to the mirror of his face. <laughs> you with unveiled faces behold as in a mirror are being transformed into the same likeness. It's the image of the sun. That's why Norman's book, Norma can stand here and say, I'm holy as he is holy. Be holy as he is holy because his blood is made away. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Let's just wait a while, shall we? Yes. Something about lingering in his presence. So we're here for him. I'm waiting for him. You don't need to hear my opinion today. We want Jesus. We wait for you, Jesus, and we respond to the invitation of your face. We just want your face. We just want your face, the beauty of your countenance, <laughs> the splendor of majesty and holiness. And the great news today is that you don't ever have to look away. And I thank you, Lord, your promise is that as we behold you, we become like you. And we're transformed by the beauty of your splendor and your majesty, your holiness, O oh God. Thank you, Jesus. We set our eyes on your face today. We set our eyes on your face. I want to read to you out of Romans 12 too, and I've got some fun things to encourage you with and share with you today, but I 
We'll get to those things. Here's the most important thing. Romans 12, 1 to 2. And I want to read to you out of the message today because you're probably very familiar with the passage of Scripture. I want to read it to you. So here's I want, what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become, verse 2, so well adjusted to your culture, that is the world around you, that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best in you, develops well-formed maturity in you. I'm going to read verse 2 again. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention of God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best in you, develops well-formed maturity in you. And it's by fixing our attention on Him, setting our gaze on God. The NIV talks about being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And we know that comes from the washing of the Word. But I want to encourage you today. There is an invitation to fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. If you have been trying to sort yourself out and get it together, God appreciates your effort, but Really, the only thing that can truly transform you is when you set your gaze on Him and He does a work from the inside out. You can work really hard and end up really tired, actually, burnt out on religion, trying to be better. Just set your attention on Him and He'll transform your inner part your inner world. And that's the culture then we're invited into as we're transformed from the inside out. Because it's not about going through the motions. It's about a life of devotion. <laughs> that was fun. This, that rhymed. It's not about going through the motions. It's about a life of devotion our hearts fully fixed on and devoted to Jesus. That produces life in us. And I don't know about you, but I can tell when my affection has moved. I know when my gaze has, when my eye line has dropped. I can tell when I've become concerned with, issues of life, immediately I know that means I've moved my focus. 
of Him. When I can feel that I've spent time on things that haven't satisfied the longing of my heart and my desire for God, I can sense when I've moved my attention somewhere else. But it's so very simple and so very easy just to look up and lock eyes again. Because he doesn't distance himself in in a position of condemnation towards you or, well, you broke focus, it's over. He's waiting and longing for you just to look again. And so what do we do? We don't beat ourselves up. We we definitely don't buy into the lies and let it rob us from, the enemy rob us from further devotion. No, we just look again. We remind ourselves, oh, that, I'm created for you. Oh, that didn't satisfy me. That's not, that didn't meet the longing of my heart. That's not what I was created for. I'm not made for despair or to be worried or concerned with the cares of life. I'm called to look at you, the one full of hope and glory, who only has a bright-filled future for me. That enlightens my understanding. That informs how I respond to what's going on around me. Instead of the culture dragging me down to its level of immaturity, His love pulls me up and into who I'm created to be. And that is one who has so set my gaze on focus on He who is love that my entire body is now full of light. That's the place of intimacy that He has for us. That's what He paid for by blood. That's the position you now inhabit, inhabit. Woo! That's the place you live, a habitation seated with Christ in heavenly places. And you don't ever have to come down. You don't have to come down in your thinking, ever. You don't have to come down into despair or faithlessness about a scenario. You never have to feel worried or concerned again by the cares of life. It doesn't mean that life doesn't happen. It means we've been transformed by love. We've so been renewed in our mind by the washing of the water that comes through the Word. I've been discipled into all truth as I feasted on who He is, as I feasted on good teaching, as I've been taught the ways of God by the Holy Spirit. And so now, even if life happens to me, I am like the man who didn't build his house on sinking sand, but I'm the wise man who built himself on the rock. So when, not if, when the waves come and the come, when the rains come down and the floods come up, I'm immovable and unshakable and steadfast and I never break my gaze. Build that house. You heard it here first. This is the place of intimacy that has been paid for for us. Don't live in the outer court when Jesus tore the temple, the robe of the temple, and invited you into the Holy of Holies. Don't live in an outer court. 
You've been invited in. And not only that, the temple, because of the Holy Spirit, now in, is there is an indwelling. That's why we can be called a house of prayer for all nations. The temple of the Holy Spirit resides here. That place of intimacy is what He has for you. So don't dance on the sidelines, but you get yourself right in the center, underneath the disco ball, as it were. Come on, when there is a dance of intimacy available, we don't sit like wallflowers hoping that maybe He might pick me. No, you've been invited into the center of the dance. So you just take up that place of intimacy, lock eyes on love again, the one you were created for, and just move to the rhythm of His heart for you. We have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. We live by faith in the reality of what the blood of Jesus Christ has accomplished for us. Dead to sin. And I'm sorry, I don't remember it. Dead to sin (laughs) and alive to obeying God. I said, we live in the reality of what the blood of Jesus has accomplished for us by faith. He put death to death. He took captivity captive. (laughs) The power of sin and death that had a hold upon us is being dealt with forevermore. You are free to live now in righteousness, in right standing with God. That's faith. That's the reality that we live in by faith. Since we live by the Spirit, so that took place. It's a supernatural, it's a beautiful mystery, right? He's the blood of Jesus. Him becoming a curse for us, setting us free into resurrection life. He's done that for us. And it's according to the spirit that we live. We, we live, the word says, by faith in the son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. We live by faith according to that reality, to what has taken place. Since we live by the spirit, the Lord is spirit. The Bible tells us God is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. God is spirit. The Lamb of God was slain before the foundation of the world. It's a glorious mystery. We live by faith in the Son of Man who loved us and gave Himself for us. We live by faith of what has been accomplished in the Spirit. So if we live by that faith, let's keep in step with that Spirit. If you live by the Spirit... Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Okay, Paul is saying, the reality is that Jesus Christ died for you and He put to death the sinful nature. We live by faith in the Son of God according to what has been done. Since we live by that Spirit, let's live by it. Live by what you profess to believe. Live by faith in the Son of God. That affects your way of operating. 
that affects the mode by which you operate. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and died himself and died for me. I don't set aside the grace of God for if righteousness could be attained through the law. Christ died for nothing. It's by grace through faith that was saved that none should boast. Faith in that power. Faith in that love and that consuming fire. And so since we profess that name, Above every name, we sang it earlier tonight, that, no, that every knee would bow to the name of Jesus. Since we live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and died for me and gave himself for me, let's get on with the show, shall we? Do it. It says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So we don't profess to know Jesus and that you are my everything and I've set my gaze on you and then binge the Kardashians for a week. I'm sorry, it doesn't cut it anymore. It's not good enough. I'm sorry, it dishonors the blood of Jesus. It's not okay. And I'm calling myself up higher here tonight because we are on the precipice, I'm telling you. I was there in the spirit tonight on the precipice of what He is advancing in the earth. And it is my glorious, my friends. And you don't have time for pizza and a movie when the gaze of God and all of heaven is available for you because He tore the curtain and made a way for you to enter into the most holy place. Let's live there. Ooh, come on, let's live there. Fully engaged. Now I've got a bit passionate. Fully engaged, fully focused. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Woo! He wants to be on display in you. That's why when you're single in vision, your whole body is full of light. Guess who's on display? Jesus Christ. I feel the urgency of the hour. We don't have time for anything else. We don't have time for religion and ticking boxes. Don't have time for that. Love is gaze. Love is gaze. I don't get my list out every morning with Jesse. Had a coffee with him, spoke for five minutes with him, made sure I gave him a hug when he went out the door, sent him a text mid-morning. No, 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 no. (laughs) Love is gaze. How much more? And the one, with the one who you created you, the one you were created for. That's what we're invited into. Whew, holy devotion to Jesus. What a joy, because that's resurrection life then. Resurrection power at work in us. Resurrection life. On the front foot of how you respond in different situations, how you respond to hard news when you're confronted with fear or just like with the news, you know, you can turn that off if you like. 
the reality of who he is, when we make him our highest goal, our one priority, our gaze, everything else just comes into alignment. We see rightly, don't we? We see clearly. That's why praise is so powerful because it takes our eyes off and our focus off what's going on here. It takes our eyes off ourselves and it puts it back on the greatness and the goodness of God and the miracle and wonder-working power in the blood. And then everything else bows its knee and comes into alignment. So there is an invitation for us just to remain in focus with Him today. Let Him consume your every thought. Let Him consume your conversation with others. Friendship's beautiful, it is, but, and this is coming from a talker, okay? I love to talk. You can spend a lot of time in idle chatter, a lot of time in idle chatter, when there's glory and mysteries to be searched out with one another. As a body, single in vision, single in focus, Matthew 6, 22, our whole bodies, us as a body full of light. What a promise from Jesus to us. So awesome. I don't know what time I got up here and it's not counting down. Okay. I just have a couple more thoughts. Is that all right? You doing okay? Praise the Lord. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. When you've locked gaze with him, it's impossible to miss what he's doing. (laughs) If you're in constant relationship and knowing and hearing every thought and every desire, you can respond to it. I want to love him as he desires to be loved. I don't want to make assumptions about what I think might minister to his heart today. And so when I remain with my eyes fixed on love, fully engaged, through relationship and fellowship, I begin to know his thoughts and understand his heart. And the Bible says, if you love me, you will obey my teaching." you love me. I wrote where that's down, written John 14, 23. If you love me, you'll obey my teaching. And some of you know this, that my testimony is that I was very afraid of authority and getting in trouble is the worst thing in the world. And so I see that scripture growing up and be like, no, like if I'm afraid of you, I'll obey your teaching. But it's, I mean, his love gloriously set me free. And if you want to know all about it, you can read it in my book. Or come to the academy, because we love to testify of what he's done for us. But he gloriously, he sang over me one night when I was 
20 years old, sitting on, on mum and dad's green couch. And he sang over me and it, I recognised, oh my gosh, I'm loved more than I could ever comprehend or imagine. And even if I did everything wrong or disappointed you or missed out or got the answer wrong, you'd love me just the same and still celebrate me every day. And so then the more, of course, it led me to his gaze because I'm no longer afraid of what might do, happen to me if I get it wrong. But my motivation is just to please you because I love you. I love your way and I love your precepts. And it's my good pleasure to walk uprightly because I want to please your heart. Because I love you. Because I love you. And then we see, well, Lord, your ways are higher. It's the only way I want to operate, actually. And so we're not motivated then by bit and bridle or by religion or by the opinions of man. No, it's his eye that has caught our gaze. Not our glimpse, our gaze. It's his eye that has caught our gaze. And so we never move and we never look away. And that informs how I operate. That affects how I parent my children. And it affects how I respond when my boss asks me to do a task that perhaps isn't in my job description. And it affects how I treat people who cut me off in traffic. It influences how I spend the $5 in my pocket when I see a little boy outside of Coles doing this. He wasn't just doing this, he actually had an instrument. (laughs) But we're moved by the impulses of his heart, the Bible says, so we can respond to him and love him as he desires to be loved. And then we can also love others as he would have us love them. We can love nations and people groups as he would have us love them. We can love our neighbour as we love ourselves. It's so amazing just setting our gaze as we surrender to his way of living. And we've given him our focus and our undivided attention. And I just, my sense is that in a world where there's so many options and so many things available with like a button. Take that, I'll take that, I'll take that, I'll take that, I'll go there, I'll buy that, I'll have that, I'll watch that, I'll listen to that. I'll eat that. And there's so many things vying for our attention. What if we entered into the gaze of God? Because the Bible says that the Lord searches to and fro throughout the earth, seeking a heart that's fully His, completely devoted to Him. 